Well, folks, it's Luke Clayton and Mr. Whitetail. Larry Wysoon is with me. Actually, Larry is just back from a deer hunt out in a vineyard out in California, and he is bubbling with information. Larry, <laughs> thank you for being with, with us all every week. And uh, uh, I've heard a little bit about your, your, your deer hunt out in California, but I want to hear more. Well, California is an interesting country, if you will, if you want to call it that, because in so many ways it's totally different from particularly where we live here in Texas and a few other places scattered around. But, uh, yes, we just got back from an absolutely fantastic deer hunt. We being, I was there with, with Linda Powell, who heads up the uh, PR media and all that kind of thing from Mossberg, and then Mr. Fred Masterson and also Mr. Ken Perot, two other writers. Uh, one of them writes... Uh, Fred writes a lot of tactical stuff, and then Ken does a lot of different things. He, he serves on staff with a few publications. But this was a hunt that was unlike any I've ever done before. I've hunted a lot of different situations, a lot of different terrain, a lot of types of habitat. And the habitat on the Steinbeck Ranch, which is unique, low fence, it is 500-plus acres of grapevines of rows of grapevines about six to seven feet apart and uh just the entirety of that property with a little bit of a, a creek bottom that runs through there that had some big old oak trees in it but uh very very unique hunt tremendous deer population on that 500 acres oh gosh i imagine there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 or more deer so that Basically, we were looking for mature bucks, something that's four and a half years of age or older. They only take four bucks a year off this property, and so there are a lot of deer in terms of, of, of older age bucks and younger age bucks as well, too. Now, the typical antler formation on a, on a big mature buck of a, a Colombian black-tailed species is either generally a big farkhorn a big three by three or in the, 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 the kind of the, the cream of the crop is a, a four by four, kind of like a mule deer. They do not count brow tines, but these deer were unbelievably much bigger than what I anticipated where I've hunted Columbian blacktail in the past in California. And never have I seen as many deer in a relatively small area. And that just made it that much more fun and harder to hunt, quite frankly. I can imagine, and you know, Larry, I can more or less relate that to you were hunting rows, like a row crop, like corn in a sense, weren't you? Right, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. trying to uh, go down, and I'm, I'm sure it was visibility, were the, were the rows straight? In other words, could you see a long way? In certain instances, you uh -huh. could, there, there's, and there's a lot of roll to you. It's mm -hmm. not necessarily just flat drive. Right, right. But yes, you'd, you'd drive, and we would drive because they're very used to the vehicles being driven around on that vineyard on a daily basis. So they don't really pay a whole lot of attention. They don't run from you in a vehicle if you're in a vehicle most of the time. Now, of course, we did not hunt from the vehicle. What we were doing is trying to spot a, a buck, and very often there'd be a buck off in the distance, either bedded or with some does, and then in between you and that buck, trying to get there were maybe 10 or 15 deer scattered around if mm -hmm. not more so it was one of those things like i said it was one of those instances where you had a lot of deer but you almost had too many deer 
to uh, to really get to the animal that you wanted to, which was made it all that much more fun. All of us involved. Uh, also, Aaron, Aaron uh, Aram Van Benedict was there. I forgot about Aram earlier, uh, who writes for a lot of different publications as well, too. But, uh, we had just an absolutely great time because all of us got on the stalks and that we, you know, next thing you know, you'd, you'd bust a dead gum, maybe 10 or 15 does, and they're going to run away, and so you'd have to try another approach. And, and with the instance of mine, we finally spotted a buck out. I, I hunted with, uh, with, with Fred Masterson, and Fred shot a or was the first one to shoot. I told him, I said, you're up first. And he got onto a really beautiful, like a five by four kind of buck with the brow tines and, and was able to get a stock on him after several attempts of coming in from different directions. And while we were kind of looking for his, we spotted an old, what looked like a big fork horn with maybe three points on one side, two points on the other, but extremely tall, extremely massive. And one of the things I noticed when I saw him, he kind of moved away from me, and I noticed that he had a, a drop tine, about a two-inch drop tine on his right side, just about between the back point and the end of the main beam. And I kind of told him, I said, I'd really like to hunt that buck. And uh, so we did, and we <laughs> we hunted him really, really hard and finally spotted him, bedded down to where all we could see were his antlers and his eyes and his ears, and he was laying there with, with two other bucks and uh we put a stock on him and i sat up wait waited for him to stand up for about um, almost an hour and he finally stood up and he was right between two other bucks and i was shooting a uh, of course a mossberg a rifle in this instance i i was using the same rifle that uh, uh that fred had shot his with which was a 6.5 greedmoor with a, i think it was 140 or 142 take that back it was a cx bullet because you can't use leaded bullets in uh so there's a horny cx and with a trigicon scope and i was able to kind of thread that bullet between a whole bunch of different grapevines and get it into the <laughs> yeah. deer and and to keep from hitting the other two deer waited till that buck was kind of facing toward me and so i was hoping that uh, not knowing for sure what was beyond you know i would keep that bullet inside of them which we did and we recovered the bullet but uh Talk about an exciting hunt in a lot of different ways. Of course, lots of deer, and then the food was out of this world good. The company was even better, and, and uh, had Brooks Hansen there as well, too, from uh, Camp Chef, and Brooks was doing most of the cooking, so you know the cooking and food was good. Of course, their wineries, the, the wine that they produce there on the Steinbeck uh, is just out of this world delicious, so could not have been a better trip if, you know, I think it'd have made it better if Luke Clayton had been there with me. Well, maybe maybe next year I can be there. Brooks is is one heck of a cook. I enjoyed his company and and his cooking up in Saskatchewan a few years ago. Uh, he what was, he told me, yeah, yes. it's such a great sport. Well, folks, I think Larry's painted the picture. It sounds like a let's picture this. Let's break this down. Okay, so we've got some a little wine testing in the background in oh, the yes, evening. I'm seeing a I'm seeing this. Uh, something that sounds pretty appealing, Larry. Now you've got a, you've got a little. You're at a winery, okay. Now, so what could be wrong from there? But so you've got a little wine sipping testing in the evening. That's you've, right. You've got uh, uh, Brooks Hanson with Camp Chef doing a lot of the cooking. Excellent yes. chef. <laughs> Excellent. I know you you guys ate good. 
And yeah. then you've got a buggy to ride around and look down some grapevines to look for a big buck. Larry, I, now I know some of the hunts you've been on, and I know they were very brutal. This sounds like a <laughs> this sounds like a hunt that uh, it would just go down in the books as a fun hunt, and and maybe not so strenuous as some of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was an absolutely great hunt. Uh, unfortunately, they only take like four deer a year, maybe five occasionally. Yeah. Uh, and the other unfortunate thing is, is the California Game Department does not allow the harvest of essentially any does, and they've got a huge population. And, and my hat's off to uh, the Steinbeck family, and it, it, now it's managed by uh, by Ryan Newkirk, who is a, a uh, grandson. And this is this particular vineyard has been going now. This is the seventh generation. And Ryan and, and all the family just absolutely love deer. And quite frankly, they probably lose upwards of $500,000 in revenue each year because of the number of deer that are on their property. And those deer really very seldom eat grapes, they told us, but they eat the leaves. And yeah, so that gets uh-huh. back on the production as well, too. Mm-hmm. So my hat's really off to, to Ryan and, and the entire Steinbeck family for perpetuating that deer herd as opposed to a lot of those other vineyards we saw a lot of high fences that keep the deer out and mm-hmm. uh, so I, I truly applaud the, the Steinbeck family for what they're doing that that's awesome Larry uh, and these are blacktail I'm going to assume right they're Colombian blacktail absolutely uh, Colombian yes, blacktail yeah uh, is that the same species now down in Southern California years ago when I was 19 20 years old I was at Camp Pendleton, and there were a lot of, uh, uh, we called them mule deer because we didn't know any better back then, but those, I guess those were Colombian blacktail also, do you think, or, or do you know that far? They probably were. Yeah. And if, when you get into the very southern part of, of California, you've got the California mule deer, which mm-hmm. looks like a mule deer in terms of its tail, and uh, the tail is different. With The, uh-huh. the blacktail has kind of a, white tail looking tail that's that that, that, that that's different kind yeah of thing. okay they very seldom raise that tail they're, now, they're one close. of the things mm-hmm. that we did learn and over the years i've called lots of mule deer with little burnham brothers uh, uh close range call and mm-hmm. uh did not try to call the mule deer or did not try to call the Colombian blacktail until after everybody had taken their their animal because they didn't want to take a chance of spooking them and mm-hmm got out there and in four sittings of calling i probably called up i would say somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 70 columbia blacktail we called in big bucks little bucks the largest group i think there were 30 some plus animals that came running toward us and uh, came in and some of that footage we're going to be able to see a little bit later on uh on the sportsman's life so, oh boy good you know might uh We'll, we'll try to make people aware when we start doing the, when that airs because we'll try to air some of that hunt there as well too. To oh, good! Kind of show some of the things that were going on, and it gives everybody not only an opportunity to hear about it, but they can also see it that way. You bet. Well, Larry, I, I hats off to the. I saw the pictures of the the nice buck, and and I'm sure it'll be right here posted. Uh, uh, Sport uh, Sporting Classics Daily uh, with our with our little podcast here. So. That's great. Uh, was there an opportunity to eat any venison while you were there, or was it absolutely most... okay? That, that, All right. That, that venison was from that animal, or oh, those boy. animals that we took, and were just unbelievably 
delicious. Very awesome. Good. I mean, just you could cut it with a fork. They were so tender, oh, and the boy. flavor was the only th- only deer species I've eaten that came close to it was the the Kodiak or the uh, Sitka blacktail deer that you find up in far northern of uh, part of Alaska, and uh, where they pretty much eat uh, eat kelp all the time, yeah, and then a yeah. few other things, but. The venison was out of this world good. Awesome, awesome, Larry. Well, I guess it's about time. Uh, I've got a hog hunt planned, and, and uh, of all things, going from a, a vineyard hunt for a <laughs> for a black tail to a, to a wild hog hunt. These hogs around here are really gravitating to water. It's of course we've we oh, have yeah. been in a some serious hot weather, and I plan to get out early, early, and hunt a slough. There's still water in that thing, but I've got going to use this dragon uh, claw that's a big bore 50 caliber air gun with a rattler rattler thermal on it and these hogs are are getting down in this tall the reeds down in the slough mostly dry but there's pockets of water you know but uh, my plan is is to step on the high bank and 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 you can hear them splashing around down there in that water in that wet area and then watch those reeds They'll, you can watch their movement and then try to intercept one, you know, coming out just, say, just before daylight, early in the morning. I thought that's when I'd try it, when it's a bit cooler. But maybe we talk about hog hunting next time. We will, and we need a hog for you to prepare because we got a trip coming up to Oklahoma to the uh, Choctaw Hunting Lodge. So uh, I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> All right, Larry. Folks, we'll be back with you next week with maybe a hog hunting tale.